Jen, it's Fantasy Festivus and time to air your fantasy grievances. Who let you down this week? Well, I know this is a, a fantasy football podcast, but I'm going to go with a real-life football situation for my Week 16 Festivus, and that is the Seattle Seahawks as a team. <laughs> I'm so unbelievably annoyed with Seattle. Um, so, okay, they're playing the Bears, right? A team with a depleted secondary, a third-string quarterback, and they fell apart. They absolutely fell apart in the fourth quarter and lost the game. They killed a parlay that I really needed, that I was in, that, that I would have, you know, struck for me. They broke my three-week perfect streak in my weekly Pick'em and Survivor article. I had gone five weeks in a row of 5-0, and L, and their loss made me 4-1 and one for week 16. So I'm pretty aggravated about that. I also needed Tyler Lockett uh, in a matchup, who had three catches for Womp 30 yards. So Seattle, I'm pissed at you. Not the city, but the team. Uh, let me down in week 16. Bummer. They're my Festivus of the week. <laughs> I can get on board with that. I didn't have Rashad Penny or Gerald Everett going in any of the leagues that I still have going. And because those were the only two players who did well and I was against Penny in one league, I'm with you. Screw Seattle. Screw the Seahawks this week. Festivus. Now let's get to the show. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the most accurate podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Niles. Uh, we are without Chris Allen this week, who is traveling during the holidays, but I'm still here with my excellent co-host, Jen Akins. Uh, Jen, how's it going? It's going well, man. We are in week, well, I guess we're about to turn the page into week 17, which is kind of insane, but yeah, it's going great. I mean, holiday weekend was great, ate plenty of food, hung out with my fam, uh, watched a lot of football. So yeah, it's going well. Bummed to not have Chris. He is, uh, as you said, he's traveling from Alabama, I believe, to Ohio. So uh, he is uh, not back in time. And we're actually recording a little early today, which is kind of nice, meaning we can actually watch football on Monday night. So yeah, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. It's uh, nice to have the holidays pass. They were fun. My kids are amazing and crazy. Uh, my house was utter chaos throughout the weekend, so I'm excited to kind of get back to some semblance of normalcy <laughs> as we get to the new year. Uh, lots of football this weekend. I got to watch probably a little bit more than I usually get to uh, live. I watch a lot of football after the kids are in bed up from like nine to one in the morning, like catching up on football. I do a lot of that. Got to watch a lot more live Saturday and Sunday, which was fun. Nice. Uh, yeah, just absolutely enjoyed it. Some things popped out from me this week. I, I don't have Chris to lead our surprises, so I'll do my very best to come up with some uh, topics for us to talk about. I know you've weighed in and added some things as well. First thing I want to talk about was actually Thursday night. A.J. Brown, who was uh, largely disappointing all season, then hurt. Comes back, is kind of a late active, shows up in the game, 11 catches, 145 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, I activated him in all my leagues, so I was really excited to finally have him show up. Uh, were you surprised, Jen, by A.J. Brown being able to to deliver in this moment so unexpectedly? Not really. I mean, A.J. Brown is one of the – he. Sh you know, if he's active, he's always in the mix. I mean, even when he's hurt. I mean, last year I think he was operating with two bum knees the entire season and still put up decent numbers. 
I'm not surprised being that also, you know, Julio Jones is, is you know, a shell of, of Julio Jones with that hammy. And so I think A.J. Brown needed to be there, and I think that they relied on him heavily, and I think it paid off. You know, he was healthy, and uh, I think they, they needed him, that's for sure. So I wasn't completely surprised. I will say I'm kind of aggravated that I personally did not activate him in a couple leagues, but it wasn't a big deal. It, you know, it was consolation bracket. I, had a, I was already out, but I'm one of those people that likes to play till the end, so I'm kind kind of annoyed there were two leagues that I just forgot to to forgot to take him off IR and throw him in there and I would have won so it's a personal bummer for me but um, overall I'm not surprised I'm happy for the Titans that they do have him back because uh, he is much needed I'm excited too. Uh, my delay there, I hit the unmute button. Seven <laughs> I was times, like, uh, Brandon. Yeah. So, so the <laughs> unmute button like is right there, and for some reason, I couldn't get my mouse on it. I don't know what was going on. I just kept like moving it and shifting it at the last second. It was like I was afraid to talk, and subconsciously, <laughs> my body just wouldn't let myself unmute. I think that's what went down. Uh, Brown, uh, rest of the season, he's got the Dolphins, who uh, secondary has been a little, despite all the money they've. Uh, put into those corners and uh, then he's got the Texans. So uh, AJ Brown might be the league winner that we all hoped he was when we drafted him in the second and third round back in August, kind of excited to see what he's got going. Another guy who was disappointing for the first part of the season, but has really exploded over the past several weeks and then had a huge, huge game on Sunday was T Higgins, uh, almost 200 yards, two touchdowns. Joe Burrow basically uh, exploded offense all over the place uh, against the Ravens. Um, what do you think about this Bengals offense? Were you excited to see that happen? Yeah. I mean, listen, we were all drafting all three pieces, you know, Chase and Higgins and Boyd. Burrow was kind of a, a great value in drafts this offseason because, people, I don't know, for some reason we, we were drafting all the pieces and he was kind of falling. So it's nice to see it all come together. Uh, you know, a lot of people, unfortunately, probably have dropped Tyler Boyd at this point, and he exploded as well. So um, I think it's exciting for, for, you know, for Bengals fans in general, for fantasy people that were able to hang on and have all those guys. Like you said, Higgins has been kind of up and down. And so, um, you know, I, I think that it, it's nice to see him pay off for those that did hang on to him. I mean, Burrow, my Lord, he I, I actually played against him in a league and he scored 61 in this particular uh, scoring Just format, ridiculous. which is insanity. <laughs> I think it's that Konami code thing. I think like going into the season, we all were expecting, uh, you know, to go after those quarterbacks that run a lot and yep. Burrow coming off the knee injury, uh, not known for rushing. He's not a statue, but not known for rushing. Uh, I think we were all just a little bit concerned that maybe his upside was capped. Uh, Higgins, yeah, 1,029 yards and six touchdowns on the season. Those aren't the numbers that we really hoped for in the big breakout. But over the past, uh, like, second half of the season, he's a top 10 fantasy receiver and uh, hoping that he'll be able to continue going along the rest of the season. The matchups that we see, uh, he's got Kansas City coming up, and then he's got Cleveland. Those aren't easy matchups, but hopefully those passing pieces can still be productive. You know, I didn't see uh, I didn't see a Uzoma. I don't think he did anything right. And I know he was someone that you know people were streaming, um, you know, as an option. I think he was maybe the only piece that didn't explode. Mm -hmm. I didn't actually. I'm I'm speaking without actually looking at his numbers, but I don't remember. I'm gonna look real quick while we're no. You're right. Uzoma was not uh, yeah. was not really a factor. Everybody else blew up. He he caught five balls, but only had 36 yards. 
Yeah. Okay. So yeah. And that, that's kind of a bummer. Cause I know, you know, with the tight end landscape as it is, I know there were a lot of people, he was in the streaming conversation this week. So that kind of, that's a bummer for those people out there that have him on their roster and the re- entire offense is exploding except him. Yeah. He did, he did outscore George Kittle. <laughs> so. Well, yes, yes, I know. And pretty much, yeah, I think almost everybody did, which is uh yeah, that sucks. But I will say someone sitting at home watching those games and like watching, you know, Joe Burrow, throw 525 receiving yards and have none of them go to the tight end is yeah that sucks sorry folks who started him it 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 kills me you think about all these players that 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 blew up like t higgins aj brown and joe burrow were probably on a lot of rosters that didn't make the play yeah (laughs) yep no i know it's it's so hard for especially aj brown like people sat there camped on him camped on him if you have an ir spot he was in there in and out in and out and then you you miss the playoffs and then he goes off (laughs) and i listen i'm included in that like i said i've got two leagues where uh, he was sitting in my ir in in a consolation bracket because i didn't make it would have been nice to have him a couple weeks ago (laughs) (laughs) uh want to talk a little bit about chase edmonds and the arizona cardinals the cardinals offense we talked about this last week has been disappointing in general uh over the last the second half of the season i think i think kyler murray uh, he had like 17 touchdowns his first seven games he got hurt he's come back he's got his last six games or so he's like four touchdowns four picks i know he's run a couple uh touchdowns in during that time as well but the offense is not the same, missing DeAndre Hopkins, but we did see against the Colts with James Conner a surprise inactive with that heel injury. Chase Edmonds came out 16 carries, 56 yards, and a touchdown. Also caught eight of nine targets for 71 yards. Uh, if Conner misses another game, should we expect the same workhorse role from Edmonds going into next week's tilt? I mean, the the crazy thing is that, right, so going into the draft season, the big issue was like, which one of these guys do you take? When do you take them, right? Because we really didn't know how the roles were going to be. And then when you look at the numbers, I mean, they've both have been hurt. You know, they both can't come in and yeah. out. But when you look at the actual numbers, it's like Connor has 15.6 touches a game and Edmonds has 12.4. Like, they're super close all mm-hmm. the way down to, you know, week 16. So... I find that interesting. I mean, it wasn't really the question you asked, but I think that's kind of a weird sidebar. It's just that, you know, that was kind of the big question mark in that backfield heading into the offseason. And it turns out like there was no clear winner. Like They both, you know, <laughs> ended up with very similar workloads. But, you know, I think Connor, I, well, it's a heel injury, right? Or Correct. Uh, yeah. So I think um, from what I read, I mean, he's, you know, very well possibly could be back. So if he is, then we're looking at a split thing. If he's not, I mean, they're playing Dallas, who is six versus running back. So it's not a fantastic match matchup uh, for your championship game I know with uh, running backs it you know it is shallow with COVID and injuries and whatnot so I think if you have Edmonds you know you may have to roll him out there as your RB2 but you know Dallas is not the best matchup there so I think it's kind of a you know depending on situation I know uh, the other thing I took from that game, you know, no DeAndre Hopkins the last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chase Edmonds, Zach Ertz, Christian Kirk all had at least nine targets. I know we don't love Christian Kirk. He is president of the Christian Kirk All-Stars, <laughs> as we've mentioned before. Uh, but all those guys at least got the targets, even if they didn't have a ton of production between Ertz and Kirk uh, against the Colts. I expect that to continue. So even mm-hmm. though the, the matchup isn't great in Dallas, if you need one of those guys in your lineup, maybe those targets are still going to be there. What do you think? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, and Rondale Moore, I believe, is still out, right? So that kind of yep. helps at least, you know, break up the murk uh, <laughs> there. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, that offense 
has run very well at times this season. So, you know, at this point in the season, I feel like you're you're trying to at least, if you're throwing darts and, and putting people in there, you want an offense that is capable of putting up points. Um, you're not just going to throw out a random Jaguar just to do it, you know, just because they have the targets. I would prefer someone in a better offense. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, uh, that, that could, you know, any of those pieces that you just mentioned, uh, you know, Kirk, Ertz, I mean, I, I would throw them out there. Yeah, do you think Murray's hurt? Do you think Kyler's just not a hundred percent? I feel like he has to be because, mm-hmm. based on what we've seen of him, you know, in the past and his talent, like it's just not happening. And I don't know, you know, if it's something else completely, but he just doesn't. He hasn't seemed right since he came back. So, I mean, that would kind of be the obvious issue is maybe he's just not a hundred percent and he's playing through something. I don't know. I know he's had the long 57-yard run, but his running has been inconsistent. And just uh-huh. Everything just seems a little off to me. I don't know. I worry about, I worry about Kyler Murray, Jen. I worry about him. <laughs> well, the good news is we're at the very end of the season. So, uh, you know, depending, of course, on the postseason, he'll have plenty of time to rest up before we can draft him again next year. Do you dare consider sitting him in Dallas uh, against Dallas in the, in the championship? <sighs> I think it would depend on who else you have. I mean, I – I can't imagine there's anyone that I would pick up that I would start instead of him. You know, I don't know that I would stream someone instead of him. I, I'm not sure. That that's a, that's an interesting question. Uh, that makes sense. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not scrambling for for Derek Carr or Carson no, Wentz right, or anything right. like that. I, mean, I don't know who else you would have that that would possibly, you know, outweigh him as far as numbers go. I mean, Dallas is. You know, Dallas has been playing very well. I mean, they're not like. You know, a, a rock. I mean, they definitely can be scored on, but they have been playing well over the last few weeks. So I would definitely, you know, I would definitely explore and at least look around. I wouldn't say he's an automatic starter without even thinking about it. You know, I would at least look around and see what's out there. You'll probably still end up with Murray, but you should at least explore. Yeah, it's now been confirmed that Micah Parsons is a monster. Uh, an alien has come, taken the powers of Jason Taylor, Lawrence Taylor, and Brian Urlacher, <laughs> and put them all into Micah Parsons. So as long as he continues being a monster, a literal monster, I I, I don't know how you're gonna <laughs> how you're gonna yeah. trust facing him. <laughs> I hear ya. That Dallas defense, but I didn't know like going into the season, I wasn't thinking that like Dak would be a problem going into the playoff. Like, like Dak's been good. He was and he was great against Washington, but uh, right. but he hasn't been the Dak that we were expecting. No, not at all. Um, but that defense is silly, and I know this is supposed to be fantasy, but I I just that that's what has me kind of eager about Dallas in the playoffs. Are you buying them? Yeah, I mean I think yeah they've been fun to watch and they've been good. I mean you can't deny what they've been doing, and like you said, coming into the season that wasn't really something that anybody was, you know, it wasn't all about, you know, the Dallas defense. I mean, people were like the Steelers, the Ravens, the Rams, you know, Dallas was definitely not among the top defenses being drafted or talked about, uh, you know, and so I think it's, yeah, I think they're fun to watch and they've definitely been putting it on for, you know, against the offenses. That's for sure. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's shift to the chargers who surprisingly lost to the Texans, uh, I do well as a Dolphins fan. I, I got to say something real quick. So Herbert struggled with all of his weapons hurt, right? Everybody was hurt. His offensive line was hurt. I want, and this doesn't take anything away from Herbert. He's great. Uh, but I want everyone out there who hates Tua to realize that the situation Herbert was in uh, with everybody hurt and all the talent gone is the situation Tua's been in the entire time in Miami. I want. Want people to understand? Mm-hmm. That. <laughs> yeah. No. Listen. I think if you if you pay attention and you know, then yeah, that's exactly what's happening. 
And uh, yeah, Tua, Tua still, he's always, you know, he's he's disrespected, Brandon. He's always going to be that way for some reason. I don't, I don't know, know why, why people don't like him. Yeah, he's I don't fine. know why. Yeah, I, I, I really don't. I, I don't understand it. Um, I don't understand. And listen, Herbert's great. He's got a big arm, you know, yes. But yeah, Tua is, has not been set up for success. Uh, at all, and yeah. so when, it, but when he is in a good spot, he actually plays well. Yeah. You know, imagine that. So no, I agree with you there. Um, you know, I think that, uh, yeah, I mean that the Chargers losing to the Texans is uh, it's weird, like surprising, but then kind of not. I mean, they just mm-hmm. the Chargers just, I don't know, man. They're like an implosion machine, or or at least they get to where they almost implode and then they end up winning, but they don't like win games. Well, I don't know what no, uh... you're right. Like they don't always crap the bed, but you can tell like they had some Chipotle their eye <laughs> in bedtime. You're like, you don't know if they're going to make it or not. Like, you know, it's, I, yeah. I think, I think that's kind of who they've been. <laughs> no, it really is. It's like, even when they win, they don't win convincingly and they have like an insane amount of talent, but somehow mm-hmm. they just squander and like almost lose. And then, you know, it's kind of like, they're like the AFC Falcons, you know, it's like a similar situation. <laughs> I mean, the Falcons has a decent amount of talent and, and they somehow do the same thing. It's like, they can't seem to win. And then when they do, it's super ugly, you know, but this week, I mean, it was kind of, you know, I mean, listen, those who picked up Justin Jackson, uh, were rewarded handsomely. He had a, he had a very good game, and you know Austin Eckler was was very kind to go on Instagram and go on his uh, his Yahoo show with Liz Loza and tell people that to pick up Justin Jackson because he is on the COVID list. So it was very kind of Austin <laughs> Eckler to help people with their fantasy lineups this week. Very Eckler like line too. Eleven carries, sixty four yards, two touchdowns. Also caught eight balls for ninety eight yards in the receiving game. Very Austin Eckler like line, and I'm happy for Jackson. I'll be honest, I've always been a Jackson doubter. I've always thought he was just another guy, uh, but he he definitely showed up there. Now he did it against Houston, which is a pretty right. uh, cushy matchup in general. But uh, good to see him do that, especially in a losing effort, because it, you kind of tend to think losing effort going to be more passing production and less uh, less out of the running backs. But Jackson definitely did well uh, there. I we'll talk about Rex Burkhead in a little bit. I want to yeah, talk about. Yeah, I was going to say. Hold uh, on, before we move on, I was just going to say. So Eckler should be back, though, right? I yeah, believe yeah. because he is vaccinated, he should be back. I did read though that Mike Williams is not vaccinated, so I believe he's going to miss Week 17 as well. Oh, so yeah, because uh, there's like a. You know, I think it's a 10-day window, so depending on when they tested positive the first time, there's a lot of these guys like Beasley and um, Gabriel Davis. Both of those guys are unvaxxed. So a lot of these players might actually creep into Week 17 and not be able to play. So we need to kind of be aware of that. So people that have Joshua Palmer or may, yeah. may want to pick up Joshua Palmer or Jared Cook or whatever, they may come into play more because Williams will be out again. Well, it's not 100% because I don't know exactly when he tested um, but the article that I did read said there is a chance that uh, he could be out again, along with those other guys that are not vaxxed. And in the last three weeks, the Chargers have been down one of their top receivers twice. Josh Palmer has five catches and a touchdown in both those games. That's so yep. very, very, very worth noting that. That's a nice mm-hmm. little nugget. Thank you, Jen. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about just a nice story real quick. This is I We kind of got 
bombarded with tweets about Cam Akers because he got activated before the game yesterday uh, off the IR and onto the active roster for the Rams. Uh, I know several people who didn't start Sony Michelle because of that, even though he didn't travel what? with the team. Uh, there was well, because the the early breaking was like he's activated and that's it, and then you had to like keep oh, right. paying attention to learn. Oh, he's activated, but he's not going to play. Uh, it sounds like he's probably not going to play the rest of the season. So Sony Michelle probably is still the guy, but uh, it's a neat story that a team gave him that so that I think it's something to do with the the player's pension. He's yeah, they qualified. have to be active. Yeah, they have to be active for three games to get their pension. So that's why they activated him so that he can be there for three games. So that he can I love that. I did not expect to become a Rams fan this season, but I'm very excited <laughs> about this. This is it's nice to see no, them do like yeah. uh, do their player a solid. Absolutely. It's a, that's a great move on their part uh, because Aker, you know, he deserves to get paid. I mean, it's not, you know, he went down and it was of no fault of his own. And so um, I think that is a great move for them. And I do have more respect for the organization now, even though I'm I'm not a huge Stan Kroenke fan. Um, <laughs> Very but, fair. I mean, I mean, <laughs> it's great. It got a curve. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Curve. Uh, I, can I can I have a little Festivus moment real quick? Absolutely. Is... I'm going to turn off my mic. Go for it. Okay, so Zach Wilson, uh, you know, 52-yard touchdown run, good for fantasy. Nice that he did that. Had him in a few best ball leagues. Uh, helped me out. I, I'm going to say that. That being said, that run was crap. It was crap, Jen. He, he's running down the sideline. He looks <laughs> like he's running to out of bounds. The defender clearly, clearly stopped, uh, you know, let up so that Zach Wilson wouldn't get hit too right. hard as he's going out of bounds so that he wouldn't get a flag for unnecessary roughness. I And then Zach kind of slips the slips the defender and runs off and gets this 52-yard touchdown run. Like, I'm not saying he should be um, smacked upside the head by the, de- by the defender on the next play, but if he did, I, I would understand. I would understand if that happened because that rule is there to help the quarterbacks to protect the quarterbacks and I hate when they take advantage of it I'm the same way with like uh, I'm a Marino fan but the fake spike I hate the fake spike it's there that rule is there to help the offense don't oh come on it. the original fake spike Marino yeah. was great no no that was so unexpected and it was phenomenal when it happened it was unexpected look look I'm happy they won <laughs> That's all good. But I'm saying that rule is there to help quarterbacks to help the offense. Don't exploit it. You know what I mean? No, um, I get it. And, and and the same with like uh when they're running and they kind of put the um they do the somebody did like a fake slide. Didn't they do a fake slide not long ago? That's terrible. Um I just these rules are out there to protect the quarterback. Don't exploit it. Don't make defenders hate you for it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, look, I get you. Festivus away. I'm on board. <laughs> did you watch that Zach Wilson run? I did. I did, yeah. Am I missing something? No, no. I Listen, I get it. I mean, nowadays with with the taunting and the roughing, roughing the passer, like, I understand why the defender would back off in that situation. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. I don't know if he did it on purpose. I don't know. I, I don't. I didn't notice the actual, like, fake. I, I don't know. I just saw the run, and I was like, holy crap, Zach Wilson is still running. But I didn't actually, like, notice. You know the little fake out or whatever. I didn't. Yeah, see and that. I, you know, I'm sure it was like in the moment. It wasn't really thought in. I'll give him that credit. Like I'm sure he wasn't like I'm gonna dupe the defender into this. Right. Like I'm sure it wasn't. I'm sure he just saw. Oh, the defender let up. Let me keep running. I'm sure it was just something in that moment. You know, but um, they they gotta do something about that. That's terrible. That's terrible. Um, 
Listeners, let me tell you something that isn't terrible. That's the easiest and most fun way to spice up your football season. It's Underdog Fantasy, their brand new pick'em game. Just pick over or under on your favorite or least favorite player stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Just pick between two and five players and win you some cold, hard cash. First-time depositors should head to 444.com slash underdog, claim your free 444 Pro subscription, and get $10 in bonus cash to play this weekend. All right, buy sell segment. We'll rapid fire this since I got chatty and we're uh, probably going to run a little bit long. I appreciate you, Jen. Uh, let's go back to that Jacksonville Jets game. Unfortunately, James Robinson seems to have tore his Achilles. I'm sad. I hope hope he's okay and can get through that quickly. But uh, we did see Dare Ogunbowale. Nice work. <laughs> Ogunbowale. Uh, Dare. I'm just going to say Dare. We saw him come in 17 carries, 57 yards, and a touchdown. Two catches, 15 yards. Uh, should we be dialing him up the rest of the season, Jen? Eh, I mean, I don't know. I don't really trust the Jaguars. I think he's fine. I think he's a touch base, like RB two, you know, like if you need him, he'll probably get, you know, he'll get some touches, but I wouldn't count on like massive numbers from the guy. I think if you're in a pinch and you absolutely have to have someone sure, <laughs> sure i like that <laughs> i like the the vanilla approach he does have yeah. the patriots and colts and i promise i didn't just kill one of my toddlers despite the screaming that you just heard uh but uh it does have <laughs> patriots and colts which are not the best uh right. things to look to i i i, I know so right uh, we'll go there uh let's shift over to the texans we talked about them a little bit rex burkhead uh, last week decided to become, uh, you know, Adrian Peterson and kind of came out 22 carries, 149 yards, two touchdowns against the Chargers. Uh, Rex Burkett, is he the guy in Houston? Can we trust this? I think he's the guy. I don't know if it matters. I mean, it is Houston. They play San Francisco this week. They're 11th versus the run. I think, you know, similar to, to Dare. I mean, I think if you need him, he's, he's a decent RB2. I wouldn't expect major numbers, but I think he is the guy there. I mean, David Johnson is out. Um, you know, they're, I'm, I assume they're going to continue to stay with the hot hand. So I think, you know, sexy Rexy is the guy, but I wouldn't slide him into an RB one position. Put it that way. <laughs> nice. Uh, also excited for Davis Mills. I, I'm not saying he's like a big yeah. fantasy thing, but just excited to see him play well. Cause, uh, it's not been a good year for most of the rookie quarterbacks. So right. just, just happy to see him look at least competent. Uh, another running back out there, Sony Michelle, 27 carries, 131 yards and a touchdown. Uh, we know he's been good and solid when he's been getting the workload. The thing that I noticed was Daryl Henderson, only one carry, 17 yards. He was active in the game, and yet Sony Michelle touched the ball 28 times, including a reception. Uh, Sony Michelle, should we be feeling like this isn't as murky as we, we thought? Well, yes, and I think um, also the situation with Henderson is he did suffer a knee injury on his first carry of the game. So, oh, I um, missed that. Yeah, oh, now so, I feel dumb. <laughs> no, no, um, I, I I wrote it down so that I could tell you. And the only reason that I know this is because I edit the uh, Adam Hutchinson's injury uh, training. What's it called? The training room. Yeah, which is I, great, by the way. Yeah, that's, it's a great one article. Of my articles every week. Yeah, so I edited it at you know six a.m. this morning. Um, so according to our injury expert Adam Hutchinson, his injury is consistent of an MCL sprain. I don't know if that's exactly 
exactly what happened, but at least from the video and what Adam saw, that's what he's saying um, it looks like. So he did have some kind of knee injury. He did come back in, but like you said, he had like one carry. So I think that, um, you know, Sony was the guy before that anyway. I mean, Sony, I'm not sure when the shift happened or why the shift happened, but um, they seem to be leaning more on Sony and he's doing a decent job. So, um, you know, I've actually have him in, in a team that is in the championship and we started him. So um, I would continue to do so. You know, in a week where we saw the Jake Fromm era end, um, as a Georgia person, um, are you excited about Sony Michelle's resurgence? Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I am a UGA homer through and through forever and ever. So I will always root for any Georgia Bulldog in the NFL. I'm happy to see Sony Michelle. Jake Fromm, eh. I mean, I'm not really, you know. <laughs> I didn't love him actually as the Georgia quarterback. I don't love his, you know, I don't love his politics and other things that he's come out and said. So I can't really get super behind him. But oh, is I do that have, a thing? I don't know yeah, anything about that. He, yeah. Well, look at look it up after the pod. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there's that. And then the next guy that we're going to talk about is Isaiah McKenzie, who is also a Georgia Bulldog. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a big week. Big week for the dogs in the NFL. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, I, I, listen, I'm happy to see Sony do well. He has been dogged pun intended um in the fantasy <laughs> in the fantasy community since he's been drafted everyone like yeah he's people have been dissing him you know throughout his time in new england um when he was traded people were still not getting on board so i'm happy to see him get some time in the sun and at least show that he is an nfl worthy back i've always liked him i hope he uh, i hope he does well i hope this resurgence continues for him he lands a job next year but not over cam Akers because uh, i still have some dynasty hope in Cam Akers. Um, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, I guess we'll see what happens there. <laughs> that's the thing about those sophomore running backs. Like, we had all those guys, you know, like when a quarterback goes down, I, I, I kind of always have an expectation they're going to come back. But when a running back goes down, I'm always a little nervous. We got, like, J.K. Dobbins and Cam Akers and yeah, Travis Etienne. I mean, like, I I don't know that it's a sure thing that those guys are coming no, back No, listen, the, the Wally Pip term is there for a reason. It happens, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know? <laughs> Being Wally pipped is a thing, and it, 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 it you know it it can always happen, and I'm the sure these backs you know are so yeah. short lived anyway. Like, yep, no, oof. totally. So I don't know, like uh, we'll see. There's going to be some like discounts happening on on guys like Dobbins and Acres in the mm -hmm. off season, and somebody's going to win big, and somebody's going to just die. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, you mentioned Isaiah McKenzie, 11 catches, 125 yards, and a touchdown. We don't really know what. Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis's status are heading into next week, but uh, is is he going to be the guy if Beasley and Davis are out? I would think so. I mean, I don't know how you don't, right? The guy caught everything. I mean, he caught 11 of 12 balls coming his way. Like, I don't know how you don't mm -hmm. give him another shot if both Beasley and Davis. From what I've read, they're both unvaxxed, so they both have potential to not be here for week 17. Yep. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, with a guy like Josh Allen throwing the rock, you got to kind of start whoever's there. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders was a letdown. I mean, people yeah. were, you know, he finally was back from a knee injury. I thought he'd have a better week, but it was all McKenzie. So, uh, you know, I, and I, like, I'm personally happy for McKenzie. I know, you know, he ha he's been kind of on special teams around the league for the last couple of years and, and uh, you know, had some drops in, in, you know, in Kansas City and people weren't really thrilled with him. So I am glad to see, um, even if it's one week, <laughs> I'm glad to see him have a good, you know, a good showing. But I, I think, yeah, I think he's someone that you can start in your flex or as your wide receiver three this week if there's no B um, – 
I almost said Beavis and geez, no Beasley and Davis. <laughs> Beavis either. Uh, Beavis yeah, isn't going to be active. Beavis, either. yeah, Beavis. So yeah, we'll have to see. But I don't know how they don't go back to him. I mean, I'm sure Allen was psyched. You know, I mean, he caught. You know, he he one ball. He didn't catch out of the twelve targets. So that's pretty impressive. Excited to see, and I'm a. I, I write that return specialist article in the off season. I track all that, so I have like mm-hmm. an affinity for those guys who bounce around as return specialists and then they do well on offense. Like right. Cordero Patterson, I'm so excited. Oh for. yeah, like, I'm just he's giddy. he's my favorite story <laughs> of this year, without a doubt. Just great, a breakout season at age 30. It's, yeah, it's fantastic. It's fan- yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, let's talk Devonte Booker just a little bit. It's you know he's not doing a lot. But he is catching the ball. He's getting, like, double-digit touches. And if you're desperate at running back, uh, that offense, he's he's eating into, uh, you know, Saquon Barkley's work, especially in the passing game. Had four catches uh, in, I think, three of his past four games. I think he has four has caught four balls. Uh, is he worth floating out there in PPR, deep PPR leagues? Well, another little tidbit from uh, Adam Hutchinson's article. Apparently, Barkley was visibly limping. Uh, and had some oh. kind of yeah, and had some kind of ankle injury. Um, so according to Adam, he said he could be shut down for 2021 since the Giants' season is basically over. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if that's just Adam speculating. But you know, Booker may get some more you know some more run. Uh, Ooh, if you could pick him up. Yeah, you, I mean, you know, like he was you an said, RB too when Barkley was out. Yeah, and like you said, he's been getting uh, some work in the passing game too. So you know, if you're in a PPR league. It's, you know, it's not a bad thing to just have anybody, a body out there that you know is going to at least get some targets along with it. So um, I would keep your eye on the Barkley situation this week and see if he does play. If for some reason they decide to shut him down, uh, Booker could be, you know, could be a, a huge difference maker. Interesting, interesting. Uh, let's talk also, uh, Travis Kelsey was out. He he also may come back off COVID. Uh, we'll see. That's the one thing about recording early in the week. We can only yeah. kind of speculate on stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Byron Pringle came and caught six balls, 75 yards, two touchdowns in relief. Now, this was a low game for Tyreek Hill as well. Uh, the Chiefs dominated this game, so I don't know how much we take from that. But is that are your eyebrows raised at Pringle at, at, based off that, or do you think it's kind of an anomaly? I think it's an anomaly because I think if, if Kelsey's back and then Hill, I don't really know what happened with Tyreek. I don't know if he – I'm not sure what his COVID situation was, if he was just like a an asymptomatic situation or if he was actually down and out and then he just wasn't fully healthy even though he was back. But, you know, he didn't have a great game uh, on Sunday. So I feel like if he's back and Kelsey's back, I feel like Pringle, you know, goes back into the shadows. Him and Hardman can kind of – you know, they usually alternate. One of them gets a few and then nothing – you know, it's never fantastic fantasy relevant so i wouldn't jump on pringle so quickly of course it's one of those things like we said we're recording early if for some reason kelsey and or hill are not you know back or whatever um then pringle could be a possibility but i feel like there's probably some other options for you out there okay uh let's talk about one of those other options probably available on waivers zay jones uh not putting up big numbers but he's caught at least five balls in four of the last five games and is kind of becoming a target hog for uh, uh, for the Raiders. Eight targets last week, nine the week before, seven the week before that. Is Zay Jones, if you're in a PPR league and you need someone off waivers, uh, is Zay Jones worth targeting? 
Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. He's led Las Vegas in targets for two straight weeks. Like, crazy. I don't, I don't know if it's just defenses are honing in on Hunter Renfro, and so they're going more of that route. I know Brian Edwards um, was also out in Week 16 with COVID, so I don't know if it really makes a difference if he comes back. But, yeah, I think in a PPR format and you're desperate, I think Jay Jones is someone that you could absolutely throw in there in your flex or as your wide receiver three. Uh, you know, he's a body that, you know, is probably going to <clears throat> catch some balls. I mean, it's crazy that he's the, you know, he's had two pretty good weeks. So I know it's not a huge streak, but at the same time, you know, these quarterbacks, I mean, Carr is, is looking for him at this point. So I don't see why he doesn't continue to do so. I know uh, never watch a Zay Jones game when you're going up against Zay Jones in fantasy because it just looks like the ball's going to him every down. Like <laughs> Uh, one more I want to talk about. So we've seen Tyler Huntley, Josh Johnson, Lamar Jackson all put up fantasy relevant numbers in Baltimore uh, over the past few weeks. Not sure what's going to happen in the next week at quarterback. How are you approaching the Baltimore quarterback situation from a fantasy perspective? I think it's kind of nuts. I mean, just throw whoever in there, right? And they seem to put up good <laughs> numbers. I mean, I don't know. Like you said, Huntley was on the COVID list, but he could be back. Lamar, I believe his ankle, I don't know, I'm not sure if he if he's a possibility to be back, but I think if it's if it's Huntley or Josh Johnson, I mean, they're playing the Rams, right? The Rams are a good offense, but I don't think they're that good to where they're not streamable. I think if you're in a situation where, say, you somehow got to your finals with, say, Baker Mayfield or Ben Roethlisberger, like, I've, I would, you know, consider highly streaming one of these guys. Um, or if, if someone you're playing, you know, is, say, a better quarterback on paper but has a really bad matchup, I, I, you know, these guys seem to be able to put up these numbers and they can all run, you know, which is something that we look for in a fantasy quarterback, too. Excellent, excellent. I'll be uh, kind of eyeing that as well. I know I, I got in a little bit of trouble rostering Huntley a lot this past week because he was right. a, a late game. I had to scramble in a couple leagues, but uh, but that's okay. Uh, that's all by buy or sell. Let's do a, a final looking ahead segment. Uh, one note we'd like to leave everyone uh, for next week. I just want to say Ronald Jones is up against the Jets. I know it's gross to start Ronald Jones. I know <laughs> Sean Vaughn is there too, uh, but Leonard Fournette's on IR. He's not coming back. Uh, the Bucks are probably going to beat the snot out of the Jets. Ronald Jones, I'm guessing, will get a full workload. Uh, if you need somebody, he might be out there. Uh, probably RB2 numbers. Uh, what's your looking ahead for this week, Jen? My looking ahead is, of course, a kicker. Um, there's a clear kicker for this week, Robbie Gold. Versus Houston. I mean, the, the San Francisco, the 49ers have the highest implied team total of the week right now, set at 30. They're at home and they're favored by 15 points. So Robbie Gold is only on 26% of Yahoo rosters right now. Grab him, smash him in that spot. He's good to go. Excellent, excellent. I will definitely grab Robbie Gold in all my leagues that are still alive, which is less than I'd care to admit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's call it before championship week. Thank you so much, Jen. Always a pleasure. Safe travels to our friend Chris. We missed him, but he'll be back next week. Listeners, don't for, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at the Monday Mommy and at Two Guys Brandon. Thanks so much for thanks so much for listening. Have a good day. 